Welcome and welcome everyone to the Dominion Chronicles. Chapter 7 She is already there. Dead. The darkness will come and it will go deep, a wound that cannot be healed. Eighth stanza in the rulers of all prophecy of the return. When Barona shut the bedroom door, Willem Rangel knew he was done for. Barona folded her arms as he sat on their bed and looked at her, trying his best to keep a smile plastered on his face. Their bedroom was cast in a blue hue from the vitamin they used as a lamp, hovering just below the ceiling. Thankfully, the dome shape of their house was only in the living room and didn't extend to the other quarters since it sometimes made voices echo and no one wanted to hear angry Barona. Willem Rangel supposed that if there was another war, Barona can end it with one of her shots. Barona leaned on her vanity and laughed. When Barona moved so much, meant she was really angry. So, I'm assuming that the teaching room wasn't for theology as you and Bertie had told me. Yep, Billy Miranda was done for. When Bertie was born, she cried a lot as other children do, but her cry had something fierce. Billy Miranda had heard these cries before in the battlefield. Since that day, he knew his girl would grow up to be a warrior, a swordmaster most probably. She had this habit of swinging her hand around when she was excited with the precision but Amaru only saw in himself when he trained. He had then discussed Berthia's education with her, insisting that every day after school, he would take Berthia with him to the training sessions. Maruna had refused. Maruna, as any mother, had seen Berthia as a fragile little child. But Berthia wasn't fragile, she was strong. Berthia was fierce, and would take up any challenge she faced. She was smart, resourceful, and most important, she had a compassionate heart. She was honorable, and she would admit to her mistakes. She had all the qualities of a warrior. And Belen Rondo, despite his utter and full respect he had for Barona, he didn't understand why she didn't want Berthia to be a warrior. Barona, look, if you are going to discuss Berthia's training, this isn't why I'm angry, Belen Rondo. I asked you before, and I asked her too. You both lied to me. She took a deep breath. What is that teaching her, Bali Miranda? That in order to do what she wants, she could lie? That I am the bad guy? And when she lies to me, she's doing a good thing? Where is the warrior code in that, Bali Miranda? Bali Miranda blinked. He hadn't thought of it that way. But when Barone mentioned it, she was... Right. What was he teaching Bertia? It's okay to let your mother as long as you're training? That she the bad guy in this? The creator, he never intended to do that. Barona, I... Do you really think that I don't believe in her, Benamananda? Barona sat down on her fancy chair. She rubbed her temples and sighed. Don't you think I know she was going to be a warrior? Benamananda didn't think Barona would ever condone their daughter to become the warrior she was meant to be. Barona hated violence, despite her own tendency to show some of it at times. Barona hated war and hated bloodshed in any way and for any reason. If someone did something, the Court of Shadows was there to solve disputes. There were ways to have the law helping someone. But when had the law defended anyone against the Danton entrances? When had the law defended his people when the entrances attacked him? War won with bloodshed is barely a war won at all. Barona's mother used to tell him. Bill Miranda believed in the eternal law and the warrior's code, and abided by it, 
But the notion of only believing that the law would save him while he just stood there doing nothing, that is something Bill Miranda would never do. But now, none of that mattered. The disappointment in Barona's eyes when she looked at him is all that mattered to him. She was right. He had lied to her when she asked him what he and Bertia were doing in the teaching room. Love, I... But what would he tell her? That he was sorry? He had never lied to Barona before. And she was his partner. The one person in the whole Martian that would understand him and love him regardless of anything. He looked at her and she looked at him. What, Miranda? What could you possibly say? Since... Since when had this been the way of our discussions? You have never lied to me. What happened? He got up and sat on his knees in front of her and took her hands in his. He looked up at her and she's and he said, I'm sorry, Werner, for lying and going against your will without talking to you. But I do not regret training Bertie. I know, Belemirando, she sighed but then blew her hand from his. I would rather having fights than discovering you were lying to me, okay? She looked down at him. You never lied to me before, Belemirando. And I do not want anyone in this household to develop the habit. She took a deep breath and smiled. Fights instead of lying. Understood? Belmiranda grinned and nodded, kissing Barona's hand. Yes, anything. Barona smiled. Then she said, Speaking of this, don't you think you might be forcing Bretia to become a warrior? Belmiranda got up, raising her brow. Barona nodded. Belmiranda, have you ever considered that? Young as Bertia is, she might be doing all of this to make you happy and to spend time with you. Have you ever stopped yourself and wondered what she would like to do? When Belmiranda opened his mouth, Barona stopped her. Yes, I know warrior blood running through her veins, but what were you before becoming a warrior? You were doing your research to become a full professor in theology across the Martian. You were a researcher in the biggest institute in Arudaman, which, I would like to remind you, it's something you did because you wanted to, not because someone forced you into it. Then Randall was stunned. Was he forcing his passion on Berthia? But Berthia had never shown interest in any other hobby. Or maybe she never had the chance to. She's only five. He turned and looked at Barona and nodded. Maybe I should let her explore other hobbies. Maybe we can all go to the mall on the, in the weekend. Check stuff there. Maybe she's into drawing, painting, or even music. Who knows? He tried to sound like he meant it, but she really did. Maruna laughed, and when Belmrando raised a brow, Barona kissed his cheek. Baby steps, Betty. Baby steps. She's already there, waiting for you. Dead, your majesty, but she is waiting for you. Your majesty, you must hurry. I'm afraid that if you waited longer than that, you would fully lose her. Your majesty, the performance. Your majesty, you must wake up. Yusuf's eyebrows opened, and his initial thought, when he registered his consciousness, was that he needed his glasses. Then, in haze, he realized he doesn't wear any. Then, in the same haze, he remembered what happened to him. The eye thing that attacked him, bear something, then the falling elevator. She remembers falling down into a white world, but everything went dark after that. He half sat and inspected the wound on his shoulder and winced. It didn't hurt, but there was a weird coldness to it. 
He also noted that he was shirtless, and when he looked at the wound, he saw a weird ice-like shell surrounding it, the wound itself visibly closing. Yusuf looked up and shifted on the fluffy couch beneath him. Its blue wood groaned a little as he stood. Then suddenly, the movement caused, caused his body to lag, and he almost fell back, when someone grabbed his arms, and then grabbed him. You had us all worried, Yuto hugged him. Later than a person injured in Yusuf's status should be held. I'm sorry, Yusuf chuckled. Next time, I will ask the ice thing wanting to kill me to wait till I tell you guys, so none of you would be worried. Yuto pulled back and narrowed his eyes, then stuck his tongue out. It's called a Bantika. And Lord chuckled at Yusuf's comment. Maybe next time, we should leave you in the snow. But Daddy said we shouldn't leave anyone in the snow. A small voice said, but Yusuf couldn't find the source. But he said we could do that to mean people. Is he mean? Yusuf blinked, then looked around and said, I'm not mean. Then something tapped his leg. Yusuf looked down to find a girl that couldn't be older than five looking up at him with big yellow eyes. Her hair was long behind her, and it was a weird shade of white. She wore a blue dread that seemed to be a sort of a color palette to the whole household. I'm not mean, Yusuf beat himself, and the girl chugged and went to sit on a chair that could have swallowed her whole. Yusuf looked at his hands. Unlike his shoulder wound, these were intended for. They probably hadn't noted them, and they were beyond stitching. The wound on his palm were already closing, leaving a thick quiet line as a mark that he almost died a few hours ago. Yusuf shook his head. He had survived and managed to stay alive. He cracked his neck and stared at the stone that the chandelier was made of and tilted his head. The stone was crystally blue and had lights dancing inside of it. He extended a hand trying to reach for the light. He was so close and it felt. It's what the whole town is made of apparently, Mariam said, cutting the trance he was in. Not all of it, not technically, Guter replied. Everything that matters is made out of it, Gina replied to you to showing him her phone. Lamps in the street, the furnace inside the bakeries, even the scale they weigh the spices on is made of outingly things. Noor looked at the little girl and smiled. What's your name? Bertia, the little girl said, and everyone turned to look at her. She looked up at them, clearly getting stressed at their sizes and numbers, and that she was alone. Bertia took a deep breath and Yuta giggled. Oh, she's so cute. Bertia stretched her arm and Yusuf noticed snowflakes forming around her hand. The flakes shifted, slowly turning into ice shards as they grew in size and numbers. They rushed to her hand as if she were the center of gravity, and in a split second, a small sword formed in her hand. It was similar to the ice thing sword, but then the ice layer around the sword melted, leaving a reflective blade of a sword. Yusuf gulped and everyone took a step back, all but Noor. Yusuf didn't mean, he actually meant, to be mean. But how did Noor manage to stand in front of a person, even though that person was a child, holding a sword and clearly scared enough to stab someone? But Noor only smiled at the girl. My name is Noor. What does your name mean, Berthia? Okay, why wasn't anyone freaking the fuck out of the girl holding a sword that literally materialized out of nowhere? Bertie clutched the sword but managed to answer without swinging it or stabbing someone. She of the night, Bertie shivered. And then the million dollar question hits Yusuf like a truck. He wished he would be hit by a truck at this point of life. 
maybe he should have been hit by a truck on the day he idiotically decided to enroll in the GUC. Yusuf shook his head. Focus. He took a deep breath. The motion of his body managed to attract Bertil's attention. So, he had forced a smile mid-breathtaking and let it out. Where were they? What at this house? And who would this girl? And where were her parents? Noor smiled, widened as she took a step toward the girl. My name means light in our world. It's an Arabic word. Arabic is my mother tongue. Would you like to learn it? What the fuck was Noor trying to achieve? Berthia looked at Noor in the eye and shook her and shook her hand, the sword disappearing. Really? Noor grinned. Yes, really. My friends and I can teach you. Berthia nodded and jumped off the chair, grinning. You two looked at Noor. And you wanted to befriend her? Noor nodded and said, Come on, man, look at her. She probably thought we were murderers or something. Besides, she seemed interested in your things. She was interested in Yusuf. As revolting as the notion is, she was interested in him. Coming out of the 150-centimeter human being that have to look that I have to look down to talk to. Yusuf crossed his arms against his chest and raised a brow. And at that, Britya laughed. A small laugh, but it was there. Hamid took a deep breath. Even the child is laughing at the two of you. I mean, children laughing at their own? Nadim grinned, and Yuto high-fived him. I love you, man. And I hate you. Yusuf and Nur said in unison. And somehow, this had seemed to lighten the mood just a little bit. But the question still roiled in Yusuf's mind. Where were they, and how would they get back home?